Hello and welcome to the South Carolina Lead. I'm your host, Gavin Jackson, and this episode was recorded on October 1st, 2021 from my home studio here in Columbia. Just so you know, some of the information in this podcast may have changed by the time you've heard it. This episode features a look at the latest legal decisions dealing with mask mandates in our state. Senator Lindsey Graham talks infrastructure during a wild week in Washington. And in our medical section, we have critical news for pregnant women, some promising therapeutics news, and more. Also, it's October. Happy October, folks. Oh, you can just hear the leaves changing colors. It's spooky season. It's here. So tell us some spooky stories in our voicemail at 803-563-7169. And also, happy belated birthday to one of our favorite lead fam, Mayon Schechter. She's leading the politics team over at the state newspaper, so give her a birthday present by subscribing to their newsletters. Hmm? That's not so hard to do, right? I've always been a huge Buzz fan, and you should be too. Now for the latest in South Carolina. Currently, the spread of COVID-19 is widespread, ongoing, and not contained, according to data from the Department of Health and Environmental Control. There have been 12,570 total deaths, and currently there are 860,369 total cases being reported across all 46 counties as of October 1st at 4 p.m. Just so you know, we're talking about a lot of case numbers, but we're on track to have our fourth week of declining cases right now. We'll confirm those numbers for you next week. Our current percent positive rate is 9.1%. There are 1,720 patients hospitalized with COVID-19, 477 are in intensive care, and 343 are on ventilators. All of these numbers are down week over week. Right now, 31 children are hospitalized with COVID-19, 15 are in critical care, and 4 are on ventilators. 10 are also hospitalized with Miss C, which we've talked about before. In the state of South Carolina, 52.1% or 2.24 million eligible folks are fully vaccinated. Just in time for the subsiding wave of Delta variant, which, let me remind you, hospitalized children, forced quarantines, canceled some in-person learning, and spread the virus among students who weren't required to wear masks in schools, the U.S. Federal District Court of South Carolina ruled that the budget proviso prohibiting the funding of school mask mandates was unconstitutional and discriminatory towards students with disabilities. Yes, this is the latest in the mask ban saga. This is not a close call, Judge Mary Geiger Lewis wrote in her 22-page ruling that stops the one-year ban. Quote, it is non-controversial that children need to go to school, and they are entitled to any reasonable accommodation that allows them to do so. No one can reasonably argue that it is an undue burden to wear a mask to accommodate a child with disabilities. Quote, the American Civil Liberties Union of South Carolina, which lodged a lawsuit and won the temporary injunction from the court, heralded the win for disability rights. Alan Cheney is the Director of Legal Advocacy at the ACLU of South Carolina and said today the law prevailed. I'm thankful that the court was able to cut through the political rhetoric and ensure that South Carolina parents no longer have to choose between their child's health and education. Governor Henry McMaster, who was named in the suit and who has been a vociferous advocate for parents over the advice of medical professionals to make the decision as to whether to mask their children during a time when tens of thousands of children have contracted the virus, making the state one of the worst in the country for COVID rates among children, said that he will take this case as far as the Supreme Court if necessary. Attorney General Alan Wilson's office has already filed an appeal to the Fourth Circuit Court of Appeals. 
Lawrence Republican Representative Stuart Jones, who got the proviso into the state budget, which outlawed the use of state funding to enforce a mask mandate in schools, brashly stated on his Facebook that, quote, as soon as the South Carolina General Assembly reconvenes, massive budget cuts are coming to school districts that have defied parental authority and state law. Don't act surprised. The state budget is about to shrink big time, quote. You may recall that we are still raking in massive amounts of revenue in the state, and it's unclear how much support there is to defunding public education out of spite, especially in an election year, by someone who doesn't even sit on the House Ways and Means Committee. But we'll be watching the budget amendment process next year. It's a time when any member can propose a change during the voting process. Now you're saying, yeah, 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 yeah. But what do you think about the state Supreme Court ruling on the Richmond County District 2 challenge that once again found the budget proviso constitutional? What do you think about that? I don't. Simple. I don't. What do you think about her? I don't. That's right. It's moot. It's an exercise in legal futility now that we have a federal decision on that matter. That's because in Article 6, Paragraph 2 of the U.S. Constitution, (laughs) ever heard of it, you'll find a little something called the Supremacy Clause that states the federal constitution and federal law generally take precedence over state laws and even state constitutions. It prohibits states from interfering with the federal government's exercise of its constitutional powers and from assuming any functions that are exclusively entrusted to the federal government. It does not, however, allow the federal government to review or veto state laws before they take effect. Now, that's a fancy way of telling you that federal law supersedes state law, like rock beating scissor. I don't want to get into paper because it confuses everything. But the State Department of Education reinforced that school districts have the discretion to determine whether or not to implement a mask mandate in their schools. We have reaction from DHEC's Dr. Brandon Traxer in our medical section, so stay tuned, dear listener. Next up, earlier this week in North Charleston, Senator Lindsey Graham participated in a roundtable meeting on infrastructure needs with leaders from the Charleston Tri-County area, as well as SCDOT Secretary Christy Hall. Now, I'll have a more in-depth infrastructure show coming up, especially after slash if we get to vote on that $1.2 trillion bill in Congress. As of our taping, the way forward seems pretty difficult. But Senator Graham, who supported the bill in the Senate, said not passing this bill, which would send some $5 billion to the state over five years, including $1 billion in growth, would be a failure. Here's Senator Graham. Apparently, the liberal element of the Democratic caucus in the House is threatening to vote no unless the $3.5 trillion is linked to it. That'd be an utter disaster. There are no Republican support for the $3.5 trillion bill because it has nothing to do with infrastructure. It's a step towards socialism. There's a lot of support in the Senate, and I hope some in the House, for the $1.2 trillion that deals with roads, bridges, ports, broadband, uh, things that we need. So I'm urging the Speaker to lead, to tell the hard left, you can't have your way here allow an up or down vote on the bipartisan bill. Do not hold it hostage to the three and a half trillion dollar socialist bill. I don't know what she will do, but I know this. If she doesn't lead, it's going to fail. Uh, I've got my fair share of criticism for supporting the bill from the right, but uh, I am convinced beyond any doubt that this bill has more good than bad, that it's paid for, and that the money in this bill for roads, bridges, ports, Uh, is desperately needed in South Carolina. While some $5 billion for the state for roads, bridges, broadband, water projects, and more is a massive amount of money, the infrastructure needs in the low country alone total $8 billion. Graham said that the next decade will determine whether the state can continue its strong growth. 
We've had a 30% growth uh, in uh, uh, road use. Didn't they say that the population of the low country is going to double by 2040? If you wait to 2040 to deal with a doubling of population, you waited too long. So just think about what I said. By 2040, we're anticipating that the number of people living in this part of South Carolina will double. So somebody needs to start thinking about that and planning for it. That means more water, more sewer, more people on the road. That means we need to be building new bridges, not just repairing old bridges. So I'd like my time in the Senate to, to go toward the future, not just toward the past. So I think in this next decade, we're gonna to have to really up our game in terms of getting ahead of what's inevitable. Transportation is changing. I think we have um, rising oceans. We have to mitigate the damage from severe weather. And this 1.2 trillion is a small down payment on what I think will be a long struggle. But here's the good news. If you invest in these things now, it will pay dividends later. Now, you may have noticed that the lights are still on in the federal government. That's because Congress passed a short-term spending bill signed by President Joe Biden just hours before funding would have lapsed. Senator Graham voted for the bill. Senator Tim Scott voted against it. Congressman Jim Clyburn was the only member of the House delegation to vote yes to temporarily fund the government through December 3rd. So one crisis down, now Congress needs to raise or suspend the debt ceiling by October 18th to prevent a possible U.S. default, which uh, wouldn't be good. But hey, we got so much time. That's like forever away. (laughs) That's right. We uh, skipped our economics section. We got a lot of medical news to talk about for you. So let's start right off with an official health advisory issued by the CDC this week, which recommends urgent action to increase vaccination among people who are pregnant, recently pregnant, including those who are lactating, and those who are trying to become pregnant now, or who might become pregnant in the future. The CDC strongly recommends COVID-19 vaccination either before or during pregnancy because the benefits of vaccination outweigh known or potential risks. As of September 27th, more than 125,000 laboratory-confirmed COVID-19 cases have been reported in pregnant people, including more than 22,000 hospitalized cases and 161 deaths. Pregnant and recently pregnant people with COVID-19 are at an increased risk for severe illness when compared with non-pregnant people. So that's critical news right there for pregnant people or those looking to become pregnant. Have that conversation with your OB. The CDC is urging you. Moving on. Reuters reports that the American pharmaceutical firm Merck has developed a pill that would cut the chances of a patient dying or being hospitalized by COVID-19 in half. The pill would become the first oral antiviral medication to do so through a process of introducing errors into the genetic code of the virus. That's science for you folks. Now the company will soon seek emergency use authorization status in the United States and elsewhere. The pill would be a game changer and boost the arsenal of treatment options that includes the antiviral remdesivir and the steroid dexamethasone, which are used when a patient is already hospitalized. That's a hard word for me. The pill would also be easier than the use of monoclonal antibody treatments, which are now facing supply shortages. 
Stay tuned for a decision on this and look forward to other pharmaceuticals bringing similar drugs to market in the future. Okay, so school officials now have the power to issue mask mandates for students, like they were previously doing before Republican lawmakers blocked them via the state budget. On a media call this week, DHEC's Director of Public Health, Dr. Brandon Traxler, recounted the findings of three studies that showed how beneficial masking in schools is. One report uh, uh, that studied in Arizona revealed that schools in two of the state's most populous counties were three and a half times more likely to have COVID-19 outbreaks if they did not have a mask requirement at the start of school compared to the schools that did require universal masking on day one. Another study found that during the two weeks following the start of school, the average change in pediatric or children's COVID-19 case rates was lower among counties with school mask requirements, about 16 uh, cases per 100,000 people per day, compared to the counties without school mask requirements, which had about 35 cases per 100,000 people per day. The third study looked at COVID-19-related school closures and found that despite um, an estimated 1,801 school closures so far this school year, uh, 96% of public schools have been able to remain open for full in-person learning. Each of these studies and their findings highlight the benefits of masking in schools, and we hope our schools exercise the ability to protect their students and teachers and staff. At this time, DHEC is not issuing a mask mandate for schools, but Traxer said the agency does stand by its guidance to schools to mask up. Meanwhile, the Delta variant remains the most prevalent strain in the state due to the exceptional transmissibility of the variant, according to DHEC. While case numbers and positivity rates are down, Dr. Traxer again gives caution and guidance for the short term. So numbers are bound to fluctuate um, during a global pandemic. Um, but there are some factors that may contribute to this lower positivity rate. Uh, for one, we have seen a slow but steady uptick in vaccinations uh, in recent weeks. A drop in positivity could also be attributed to less people vacationing as summertime ends. Uh, less vacationing means potentially fewer gatherings of unvaccinated people, uh, which provides less of an opportunity for that virus to spread. That said, um, I don't think we should look at the last couple of weeks as a sign that things are good um, or are going to necessarily continue to improve. We must continue to increase our vaccination rates and continue wearing our masks for the time being in those public uh, indoor settings. And on the way out, we're going to zoom out for you. We have a nationwide look that I think is kind of interesting from the Johns Hopkins Center for Health Security. Daily incidence rates continue to decline at the national level, down to approximately 106,000 new cases per day, which is the lowest average since early August. Daily mortality appears to have passed a peak and started to decline, while the average decreased over the second half of September, down to 1,476 per day. The single-day total for September 29th was more than 2,000 deaths. That's the third highest since February. At the current pace, the U.S. could surpass 700,000 cumulative deaths in the next four days. And one last thing, a little little business here in our medical section. Oh, tricked you in the beginning. We've heard about the federal vaccine mandate for companies with more than 100 employees. But before that was announced, some companies already issued mandates for their workforces. United Airlines said it would fire nearly 600 of its 67,000 employees if they continue to refuse to comply with its vaccination requirement. 
Tyson Foods, which announced a vaccine mandate for employees in August, said this week that 91% of the company's 120,000 workers are now vaccinated. Tyson's frontline workers now have until November 1st to get vaccinated or request an exemption, whereas its 6,000 office workers' deadline is October 1st. You know what time it is. It's the wind down section. That's right. We're all thrilled to take a little break from the news. It's hard. It's hard to do that, but that's what we're here for, folks. Not every podcast do not every podcast does this. We do it. It's the okay. wind down section. We're a little right? different. We're a little different okay. like that. We want to hear from different. you. We want to talk to you. Let us know. 803-563-7169. What's going on? It's October. You gotta call Spooked us now. Over. You really and, yeah. and you know it, it's official. The air fryer contest giveaway is over. It got canceled. Yeah, we, we had lost to, them. We had to dump them all in the ocean. We had to. Uh, all the electric eels were losing their charge. Well, so there's we threw a, them in there. There's a lot of supply chain <laughs> issues, and uh, since it was never really technically a giveaway, um, it's still kind of a big loss for everybody. Well, we wanted opinion. to give back. We wanted to give back to the environment. Correct. So we just dumped them all in the ocean, it's, right? Um, I think one of the strategies to combat climate change, which yeah. I want to go ahead and just admit right now, I'm a little freaked out about. I don't want to yeah. freak everyone out because it's it's a wind down, but... You want to wind up a little bit. <laughs> a little ramp up because yeah. it's, it's heating up in the yeah. old globe. So a little worries. That was a, a square. He just, oh, made, just, he just made the shape of a square on the well, screen. Well, let's but, not get uh, into a whole flat earth argument right now. You know my stance. Gavin thinks the world <laughs> that, is flat that, that, if you look and at a map, why is a map square? around it. Why is a map square if it's not square? <laughs> Hey, anyway. how come how come water? If we pour water on the ground, it doesn't just roll away. I mean, <laughs> we don't need to get into it right now. I've been told we have a voicemail. <laughs> yes, we have a voicemail. Classic, classic lead caller here. Yes, he's he's really doing his duty, and he points out that he does his duty here. So, okay. uh, yeah, I mean, we're we're talking duty here. Okay. Okay. <laughs> hey guys, this is Ben Davis from Greenville. So like uh. We're doing a lot of heavy lifting here to keep the uh, hopper full, but I don't mind. I enjoy it. So you guys can use this material or not. Um, here's a few uh, hot takes for you. Uh, maybe these will be entertaining or maybe they're, they'll be as dull as I am. Uh, but I'm out here mowing the grass, uh, waiting for fall to come so we can move from listening to the lead while we cut the grass to listening to the lead while we uh, rake leaves. So looking forward to that. Here's a couple of hot takes. Uh, number one, the South Carolina lead is more entertaining than Marvel movies. Uh, hot take number two, uh, you guys don't want to talk about football because you're from places where they're not good at football. And, uh, hot take, uh, number, uh, three, um, we need more South Carolina leads in our lives. Uh, thank you guys so much. Hope you have an enjoyable weekend and thank you for all the work you do. Oh, ben Davis just singing the songs, uh, uh, pulling at the heartstrings there, uh, doing the important lifting. We respect <laughs> that. Calling while mowing the grass. I mean, two birds, one stone here, folks. Look at this yeah. guy. The hot takes were very welcome. Uh, they were wild, yeah. very spicy. I, I would just like to say that I love talking about football. Um, Gavin hates it. I, I mean, mean, I'm I indifferent. Don't, I just don't what think do the you people hate want more, What do you hate more, Marvel, Lord of the Rings, oh. or football? 
Uh, you know, I think I would like football over those things. I went tailgating. I support the whole sport. Sure. I like college football more than NFL. Psycho. Um, but Worst that's pride. about it. I don't. I've never seen a Marvel movie. That's not even a hot Oof. take. That doesn't need to be a hot take. But I, I, mean, I appreciate that we're better than them. Thank you, Ben Davis. For I mean, why would I need to watch it if we're more? <laughs> You've never seen it, but you know we're better. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, it's Ugh. an easy call for you. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and but Ben, you are right. I am a Philadelphia Eagles fan, and we are absolutely terrible. Um, we've gotten stomped a few times. Yeah. National television, Cowboys got us on Monday. It was oh, rough. Um, yeah, there's never. It's never good. Uh, ben, I didn't hear your favorite Lord of the Rings weapon, and that's a problem for me. But yeah, also, yeah. I would like to point out. I would like to point out that Ben. <laughs> This was the last call in the hopper. Oh, my God. So, so she's bone dry in there. Well, so, thank uh, God he was there to, to stave us over a little bit. My gosh, folks, it's a long, it's a weekend. We got the weekend here. The leaves are changing. We're don't changing. Go out. It, this weekend, you are, the leaves are changing. Our bodies are changing. <laughs> I'm in the autumn uh, of my life right now. Yeah. <laughs> like, so if you are hearing our voice right now. what season you're in. <laughs> stay in all weekend and, uh, you know, just and, and focus call on, in. Focus on call in. in. Just keep calling in. Fill that baby up <laughs> over and over again. Um, yeah. Well, I don't know what I would call and talk about. I guess this is my moment to say what I would talk about, but I, I, I understand. I understand this this uh, anxiety folks are experiencing while they they hear us talking. They think I got something to say, but how do I say it? Just it's call. easy. You just call you just and call. you tell and you, you tell if you people. Pledge at the ten dollar level every month. It is. I, it's about to be the no pleasure I pledge. It's about people, to so be. You folks, call so too. you're gonna have to pledge and your devotion uh, to the lead. <laughs> Make sure you're gonna you mention to, the lead. You're gonna have to really. Do some stuff you're not gonna like, like call in, <laughs> call in the hotline. But yeah, no, we were talking about spooky stories. We're still working on the spook pod, uh, yeah, south of spooky, and mm-hmm. we want to hear your stories. It's it's spooky season, folks. Let us know what's going on. Uh, you got to have some sort of ghost story or some sort of creepy tale. Oh, I yes. want to mention this. I just uh, told you about this. Uh, Robbie Ashadri has a new podcast out called yes. Nighty Night. It's she a was great part pod. of the serial podcast. She's a rock star in the pod. pod She's Adnan's cousin, right? I don't know. Oh, I think she's yeah, Adnan's that's cousin. Right. I, you know, I'm going to be full disclosure here. I did not finish the entire serial episode. So I'm, just, the I'm, first I'm, a, bad, I'm a bad podcast guy. I mean, you're good with Rabia. Just not. I'm just not Adnan. big on true crime pods. You can read into that as much as you want to, folks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, speak, so uh, we are working on the spooky pod and we're eliciting the spookiest stories that you people have. Yes. If you guys feel that you've experienced something with ghosts or other spooky specters and or yes. mists or orbs just feelings let us know. Yes. call in let us cold know spots. we might not use it we might oh, cold spots yeah <laughs> it, it, it we might not use it here but yeah, we no will use it in the yeah. future in another project for sure we want to hear about these stories but speaking speaking of spooky yes. uh gavin you and i we were talking to our very good friend meg canard yes over the week who's and, doing uh, super duper she's doing super she's doing duper great, great but one thing she was not great about oh. is she heard my stories of socks and crocs oh and, and caitlin getting crocs and and she is Travesty. vehemently against the crocs Rightfully and she so. says that well you you kind of asked for crocs you kind of asked for I, I crocs, asked Gavin. for croc versions are you of, walking are you walking this back i asked for croc versions of what like loafers and she said no gavin and i said thank you meg <laughs> but uh you walking I, I, this back <laughs> i i hate to tell meg but i had a personal message confirmation message mm. from trader joe who mm. called in recently that he's a recent convert to crocking and socking at the same time mm-hmm. so Croc-sock. i mean 
terrible for Meg. I, uh, probably it's, the biggest nightmare of all time. You know, and, and, and the biggest conflict here for me is just my my motto, my phrase is that you can't put a price on comfort. You know, of course, yeah. it, it's in direct conflict with the crock and sock situation. However, oh, you know, there, I are, don't know. there are costs associated with comfort, and that includes, you know... You can't put a cost on this, be, Gavin. Being, no, but there are costs. There are, there are costs. I feel like there, you're arguing against Bagel v. Bite, which uh, was in the Supreme Court. <laughs> oh, my Court. God. That, oh. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> the legal president no, of Bagel v. Bite. No, it was Bagel Bites versus bagel. Uh, it was bagel Bites versus Hot Pockets, I believe, wasn't it? Well, I, all I know is that when pizza's on a bagel, well, yes, that's understood. You can eat pizza anytime. That's, that's called precedent. I also precedent. know that, <laughs> before, that, that came from? Yeah. before that was Airbud versus Board of Education, uh, which was oh which God, was yeah. there's no there's no rule in the rule book that says a dog can't play basketball. <laughs> <laughs> just a lot of important legal precedent out there, of course, but I don't want to make this a Supreme Court challenge, but it sounds like it might be one, you mm-hmm. know, croc versus comfort. I think in the, the, in the I, court of fashion appeals. I think the, the head of that court is the guy from Men's Warehouse. <laughs> yeah, it's me, Meg and uh, the guy from Men's Warehouse. It's a tribunal. What it's a tribunal, th- but you have uh, you you have unilateral uh, power. George Zimmer, how did we not? Oh my gosh, founded in Houston, Texas. Meg is actually in the home city. Meg, chase of him Jim down. Warehouse. Ask him. Ask him about Crocs. Trust me, you're gonna love the way you look. You're gonna love I it. Guarantee it. Absolutely. You might not love the way you look in Crocs. I understand that, but and they that, are. And that's the very cost, AT. It's the cost of public ridicule. Uh, you know, shame. It's just straight shame. 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 You can put a cost okay. on shame, but uh, I yeah. can't. If you, you, you know want to be comfortable, do it in your own home, but just don't, not on an airplane, please. Well, Gavin, how much more battery does your recorder have? <laughs> oh, at least 10 more minutes. We can talk for 10 okay. more minutes. Okay. <laughs> I mean, okay. And then here's one more thing before we leave talking about airplanes and people freaking out on airplanes. I Who don't mention that. I don't, besides I don't, you. I, I, I'm doing it in my mind right now. Oh, I, you were having a different conversation was, when we were talking about yeah, Of course. <laughs> I don't condone that activity. I don't know what's going on with folks out there. I know alcohol is a big problem out there for these people that are flying. There's probably a number of mental health issues. I would never condone doing it, but if I did get into an uprising on a plane, it would probably be, I can say 99% sure it'd be over some sort of croc situation. Mm. That's just what I'm just mm-hmm, playing that mm-hmm, out there. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't do it. I'd be tempted. You were on the record for for our, our Tuesday pod that you dislike traveling in Crocs. Yes, that is that's just disturbing. And you're just reiterating yourself yes, here, just to really okay. show just how disturbed <laughs> is the word I am. Yes, great band, disturbed. Anyway, Gavin, have <laughs> anyway, a great week. anyway. Enough of that. <laughs> enough of talking about <laughs> disrupting flights over fashion function, folks. I get it. Thanks for listening to the pod. You can show us your appreciation by leaving us a review on iTunes. We love those. Or a voicemail like Ben Davis did. What a trooper. 803-563-7169. Tremendous. Great job, Ben Davis. Stay up to the latest news on SCETV.org and SouthCarolinaPublicRadio.org. And don't forget to support your local newspapers. For the South Carolina lead, I'm Gavin Jackson. Be well, South Carolina. My car door, when I open it, it goes, huh. <laughs> <laughs> I like the doors in Hedgehacker's Guide to the Galaxy. Yeah. Ah. <laughs>